Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Matriarch Motivation. This is part two of my surrogacy story journey. I created the Matriarch Motivation podcast because I felt there was a voice missing in the world of motivational speeches, especially in the world of women speakers for motivational speeches. Um, My biggest goal always is to put out into the world what I wish to see. And so in coming from someone myself who loves uh, Tony Robbins, Andy Frisilla, Gary V, Jocko Wilnick, um, these men greatly inspire me, but I, I lack finding the voice of a woman to motivate me to be strong, to keep fighting, to stay on my journey and to um, find the power to level up and believe in my own strength. I believe that women have a very unique tenacity and that it is a spiritual and emotional endurance for many of life's um, interesting curveballs, shall we say. We climb many different mountains than men do. And I wanted to hear voices out in the world full of women singing singing those songs loud, chanting that march. Uh, many of the female motivational speakers I hear um, promote ideas, ideologies, beliefs, and faith in the universe, faith in manifesting, faith in a power greater than themselves and outside themselves. And I'm here to promote the idea that that power comes from within us. And I strongly believe in that, that we are the creators of our own force. And I'm here to promote that. I'm here to encourage women to believe in that themselves if they, if they need it and if that's what they're switching for. So this four-part series, uh, this is the second of four, and I'm here to share my journey to becoming a surrogate. I am currently happily and proudly four months pregnant with a baby girl for um, two fathers based in France. And I believe this journey is something to be shared. I believe that there's a lot of benefit in women in our, in our, our sharing of our experiences is where we're able to gain wisdom and to find empowerment for ourselves. So I have been encouraged by many, and I am taking taking the advice to share this story with the world. Um, who am I? My name is Julia. I am the founder of a company called Pretty Aggressive Industries. This began with the idea to, my company began with the idea to put out into the world what I wish to see. And that started from my journey of wanting to let go, correct, and break the cycle of a toxic family legacy I unwillingly inherited. So I come from a intergenerational abuse cycle, and about uh, at the age of 25 to 27, recognizing that cycle, recognizing what I lacked in life and what was making my life so difficult and so hard, all the time I felt like I was drowning my way through life and fighting the current. And to discover 
those life skills and those resiliency skills that those of us raised with abuse and trauma and adverse childhood experiences lack greatly. I chose to build those tools for myself. So, and this led into me recording that journey. I wrote a book called Beyond Damage, and that book is now available. I self-published on Amazon to outline the skills and tools I discovered that are missing with people in people who have a similar background. So then I was then encouraged to become a recovery coach for other women who have similar background experiences and are looking to build those tools in order to become a thriver instead of simply surviving their way through life. Um, As I carried on that journey of growth and building, I became a certified personal trainer. I'm now a certified nutrition, nutrition coach And I also have certification in being a transformation specialist, which um, helps people build commitment strategies for behavioral change. And this is the next part of my project. This is my second podcast that I've hosted. A previous one was hashtag enlightened bitches, which I co-hosted with my best friend. And you can also find on Spotify and Anchor and Google now as well. So Uh, Let's get into the second part of the surrogacy journey. So the first part was um, the beginnings of a ovarian cyst rupture. So back in 2018, November 2018, I had an ovarian cyst rupture while on a plane returning from a work trip in China, which was, um, I can look back and laugh now, but oh man, did I spend a long time bitter. And that was from the subsequent events. So today's story is going to cover what happened after discovering that I had ovarian cyst rupture and then what led me to actually deciding deciding to become a surrogate, how that came about from the ovarian cyst rupture. So we ended off the last story where um, I was uh, notified of what had happened to my body. And the, the months after this had happened, I struggled through um, recovery symptoms of an ovarian cyst structure, which cover everything from daily constant nausea to abdominal pain to sciatica, lower back pain, um, not being able to process food, having a very upset GI tract. Um, I had to switch to a liquid diet for uh, about four weeks. Um, I was lifting off Vega protein shakes and yogurt and... um, smoothies um, and just the discomfort and the fight with my own body. And on top of that, the argument with the medical system here in Canada, where we do not have private health care. My doctor, I eventually was able to convince my GP uh, to refer me to a gynecologist. Um, Our first appointment uh, where I was told I probably had no variance structure, but that we needed to do more investigation. Um, it took a month and a half before I was able to see a gynecologist after the original rupture. So I saw one, um, my gynecologist at the end of December. And also the ultrasound that was booked for me in the Canadian medical system, you, you get what you get, um, depending on what exactly the medical problem is and the severity or the emergency. Um, I waited until I believe late January 
of the next year. So a full uh, one, two, two and a half months after the actual rupture before I was able to get in for an ultrasound. So when I went to see my gynecologist, I finally got a full explanation of why my why my symptoms that I had been experiencing, my continued abdominal pain and all the ones listed before, were relevant to having ovarian cyst rupture. And she confirmed that that was the most likely candidate. After my GP had put me through the ringer of a number of other GI tract, um, IBS, um, food map experiments to see see what was upsetting me and, and especially with having my digestive system not wanting to accept food um, that everything seemed like a GI tract problem so what was finally explained to me from my gynecologist was that um, sometimes women for no fucking reason experience an ovarian cyst rupture you can have one and in your life and that's it you can have two or three, and that's it. Or you could have them on a schedule that your body decides you get ovarian cyst ruptures every four months, every six months, every year. And that's your lot in life that the medical system has not been able to find any um, reasons for this. Um, the only statistics related to whether or not you get them is if you are attempting to bear children, if you are having, if you are actively attempting to conceive, if you are conceiving, if you are having children and going through that process, your chances of having ovarian cyst ruptures is lowered some, by something like 60%. So the actual process of the ovarian cyst rupture, which is literally rupture means explode. So having it listed ovarian cyst rupture, I'm, you know, it's hard to remember the word in between that it's a cyst that explodes. Um, and it just constantly sounds like your ovary has exploded inside your body, which is pretty close to what has happened. Um, that the normal cysts that, that form, they're called malignant, um, as you ovulate, your ovary kind of like puffs into a popcorn kernel. And then as it releases an egg, as the egg is released, it calms down for the next 28 days or whatever your cycle is, and you're fine. But what happens when you have a cyst rupture is one of them becomes abnormal. One of the cysts that um, from one part of your popcorn kernel um, continues to uh, grow. And at some point, it either grows into a tumor and stays there uh, until all your symptoms bring it up or it's found through a routine check, or it grows to a certain size and explodes inside your body. And because it's an abnormal cyst, it's collecting um, toxic cells as it grows because it's not supposed to be there. So when it explodes, all of those toxic cells um, spread out amongst your organs and start attacking your lower abdominal organs, such as your bladder and your uterus and your other ovary and your intestines. So all... and this is how you get the lower back pain and sciatica and um, difficulty urinating and all of your GI tract and digestive tract problems is you have a bunch of what my gynecologist called debris is floating around your lower abdomen and attaching and attacking your lower abdominal system. So this had been going on with, with my body since November 2018, carrying through December 
um, and then into January of 2019. And her, the, their, the cure for this is um, methane. So we can have recovery methods for this, which is taking massive amounts of inflammatory medications, such as naproxen, um, which I, due to my past of having addictive issues um, and pharmaceuticals being a favorite, I had to have friends monitor um, me taking this and its intake um, and my access to these medications while I was in recovery during these months. Um, and also trying having to scale back my, my gym time. I am a very avid gym goer, a gym rat, if you, if you may, where um, a lot of my psychological recovery and my own therapeutic methods are attributed to my physical activity. I really believe in meditation through movement and I promote that in, in my recovery with my clients as well as the reasoning why I became a personal trainer. So um, it, this, this rupture really upset um, many aspects of my life and started to really consume me. Um, I had trouble believing in my body. Um, I struggled to um, have self-confidence in my body where I've gained so much control over how my body looks and how it's able to move and what it's capable of through um, being able to set goals of squatting and deadlifting my own body weight and then moving beyond that, setting goals of being able to do um, uh, like bo- like body ups, like um, what are they called? Gosh darn it, I've lost the word. Um, pull-ups, bar pull-ups, um, body weight pull-ups, um, being able to get endurance um, up, being able to lower my body fat percentage for just no reason because I want to, um, down to 15, 16% and holding that for multiple months and not, not for a physique composition or anything, simply for my own body experiments. And to now during my ovarian cyst recovery that took, um, a whole of about four months to have no control over this, to have constant fatigue and then to be becoming depressed and then start hating a body I had worked so hard to build a positive relationship with became um, very, uh, very consuming, very consuming. Um, And so my, at the time, I was not on contraceptive. Um, I, I did not have a sexual partner I, I needed to be on contraceptive with. And I was not trying to make a child nor prevent one. Um, I had been single and separated from my daughter's father for about two years at this point, I believe. Um, Maybe about a year. A year. I've been separated for a year. So come February, um, come late January, by the time I had this uh, ultrasound, there, there was not really any evidence. There's, there was no way to check. I mean, the results went back to my doctor where he was able to confirm that one, they, they can't see an ovarian cyst structure on an ultrasound three months after it happens. And two, that there was no other identifiable problems. I mean, we were able to rule out endometriosis. And then also during that time, 
as I'm trying to discover what this means for my body. What, what does an ovarian cyst rupture mean for my future? What does it mean for me wanting to have more children? What does it mean for my, um, my reproductive cycles? What, is, what does this mean? Um, and to go looking into the community of women, um, my own living area has a, has a mom's Facebook group where we are an extremely healthy collective together. And we pose questions, everything from how do people do meal prep to I've got a weird rat, my child has a weird rash. Look at this photo. Does anyone know what this is? And I went to this group with my questions. Has anyone had an ovarian cyst structure? Does anyone know what these symptoms are? What is like, what did you guys do? And to have so many women come back to me with their stories. I was, I have so much reverence for the amount that other women have been willing to share with me and share with each other and offer their vulnerability and offer their strength through connecting on something our reproductive system does to us from, from no and not as a consequence. It's some. It's a random happenstance meant for many of us. And to one have their love and support from strangers, um, essentially strangers, and then to have suggestions and kindness and vulnerability shared back. I mean, this this is where I saw true power in the women tribe. And in in a reflection to that, I also saw a huge lack of the medical system answering women's questions and finding treatment for something that's so pervasive. So uh, in the surrounding um, medical conditions of an ovarian cyst rupture, also bridged in this is endometriosis and um, other, I can't remember the names or the list of them, but many other problems that arise from hormone imbalances and toxicity in our reproductive system and how that how the answers for our bodies are so barbaric by a male-dominated healthcare system, especially, that many of these women um, have had complete hysterectomies and had their uterus and ovaries removed due to the amount of torture and pain and um, sickness that they've that they've found uh, within their own bodies, and it's it's hard to it's hard to express the level of just frustration and discontent and uh, disappointment in the medical system to care for educate, especially educate women on the the processes and potentials and possibilities of their own reproductive organs within themselves and the illnesses and problems that can arise and how to cope or deal with them and not just medically, that there's such a lack of answers, such a lack of avenues for us to save and treat and um, cherish or to repair and heal our reproductive systems within our bodies, and that many times the answer is to remove them or bring in medication in order to balance them. I find it extremely disheartening. 
Um, and again, the the amount of power and strength in women to endure those processes and still live their lives as women is incredible. It's it's nothing short of a miracle what many of us survive through and then still continue to thrive in our lives. So um, the, the continuing journey was that by about four months after my first rupture, I was beginning to finally feel like I was recovering. I was beginning to get my body back. Um, and my gynecologist said that as, as she gave me um, kind of healing options, but we didn't need to talk about treatment yet because we didn't know if this was just a one-off. We, it was anti-inflammatories and then um, being very gentle with my diet. This is where the liquid diet came in for me. And then by about four months after uh, and getting, getting my feet back on the ground and feeling like I got my body back and feeling like I was getting healthier and stronger again, that to a full six months after the first ovarian cyst rupture, I had a second. And it was as simple as coming home from work, having something to eat and getting changed for the gym and sitting on the toilet to go to the bathroom and not being able to go and starting to feel a cramping. And then waiting, getting up, getting more cramping, sitting back down, trying again, getting up, feeling more. And I'm like, I immediately knew what this was. And I put myself, I I laid in bed and I told myself to just wait. And I waited two minutes, five minutes, it gets worse. I wait 10 minutes. And finally, after, after the gym, I would have, if I had gone to the gym, I would have had my daughter dropped off back into my custody by my ex-husband. And my first... My first reaction is to give myself some room. And my second reaction is don't go to the fucking hospital. (laughs) Um, So I text my best friend who is a registered nurse and tell her and text her, I think I'm having another ovarian cyst rupture. And she says, oh my God, do you like, do you need me? She calls me. Do you need to go to the hospital? Do you need me to drive you? And I'm like, no, the last thing I want to do after experiencing the first one on an airplane is to experience the second one under fluorescent lights on uncomfortable bedding, fussed by doctors, constantly poked and prodded at. And if I went through the first one without morphine and I didn't bleed out, I can go through the second one without it. And I'm not sitting in emerge and explaining my symptoms to a triage nurse and then another nurse and then a doctor. And then I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. So I committed to having my second rupture at home in my bed. And I got to tell you, it was the right choice. If anyone else experiences that, um, if you feel you need to go to the hospital, do that. And if you start bleeding, do that. Um, I was lucky enough with all of my ruptures to have not bled out. So again, the key word is lucky. So I had my best friend, nurse, uh, come over and just check on me. 
and we she set me up with a heat pack um she set me up with a bit of anti-inflammatory pain medication and then i requested that my ex-husband um like bless his soul he's really one of i i need to just thank him right here now i requested that he come over an hour before my daughter's bedtime to be in my house and my space in my home and to just check on me and please put our daughter to bed in my home and to purchase medication, pain meds on his way over to leave with me. And he did all those things with no questions asked and made sure I was okay and put water by my bed and checked on me, put our daughter to bed and let me sleep. So I believe the next day I dropped my daughter off. I got up and dropped my daughter off at daycare and then um, booked, uh, stayed home from work, I believe, I think. I may have gone to work. I can't remember. Um, I may have stayed home and rested all day. And then made sure to book another appointment with the gynecologist. And I think I got in to see her three days later. I remember showing up to pick up my daughter at daycare that day. And the, the, uh, one of the daycare ladies looked at me and said, whoa, you look done. And I said, yep, I'm done. I'm done. And I picked up my daughter and went home. Um, for, <laughs> for another woman to comment on that was, um, I appreciated her honesty. <laughs> So my, my next appointment with the gynecologist was to start talking about treatment options. And this is where I learned that if you are attempting to reproduce, um, that your chances are quite a bit lower for having ovarian cyst ruptures. We established that my pattern of ruptures is six months. And that unless I find some sort of treatment method, I'm going to continue having ovarian cyst ruptures in unless I use treatment methods or unless I start trying to make a baby. And with no viable next father figure, um, like fathering partner in my life and not wanting to steal seed from a one night stand at a bar, which, you know, God bless you women that we have that power. We can be vicious and toxic as fuck, but also, you know, just goes to show how much control we have. (laughs) Um, over the other gender who seems to think they dominate us, that not my style, um, that the, the treatment was being on contraceptive, that if we're not ovulating, we're not creating cysts, and therefore we can't create um, malignant or functional cysts or dysfunctional cysts. So after um, deciding on that treatment um, of contraceptive to see if it would work, I still had my ovary, my third ovarian cyst rupture 10 months later. And I'm like, this is, this is bullshit. Um, I'm not doing this. So from a few months into 2019, having my second ovarian cyst rupture, getting a nice, another four months, which is actually I'm considered a rather lengthy recovery process from an ovarian cyst rupture. It's usually based around two. Um, my body decided to take four, that I would only ever have two months of, of safe haven. 
before having another rupture and then discovering that going on contraceptive uh, birth control essentially um, would only give me 10 months, which meant six months of feeling normal, four months of recovery to go through the cycle until I find a, a husband uh, or find a father or find someone to start reproducing with. That sounds crazy. So my, my next conclusion is that I have a stable job. I have a great support system in my life. I'm happily parenting on my own right now. And I decide I'm not waiting. I want, I want more kids. And I don't need a man to do that. Today's Today's incredible medical system and society, I'm not prevented from doing anything, honestly. And these, this became my, my next step. I decided to go searching for a fertility clinic and I decided to have a baby on my own because I'd rather have that than ovarian cyst ruptures. So, or if I was going to get a 10-month window with contraceptive, I may as well just get a 10-month window with a baby. Why not? Um, so I, I began that journey, and I found definitely what I was looking for. So this has been episode two of Matriarch Motivation, the surrogacy journey of Julia, and you'll, you'll hear from me next time. Join me for part three, where we talk about um, my approach to surrogacy and finding my intended parents. Thank you very much.